Hello and welcome to the Science Ready podcast, uh, where I speak to women in science and music. Today, I have the pleasure to uh, interview Professor Carrie Hewitt. She's, the pro um, she's professor at UCL in London and also the director of the UCL Knowledge Lab. It's a research center in the Institute of Education and they undertake interdisciplinary digital research and design in education and beyond. Also looking into games, playful learning, And another project Carrie is working on is the In Touch project, where Carrie investigates the um, uh, basically the influence of digital touch um, on society and how um, we interact with each other today. But um, without further ado, I want to hear more about everything Carrie does. So, hi, Carrie. How are you? Hello. I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah. Feel free to. Um, I gave a short intro about who you are. Mm -hmm. Is there anything I missed out or that you would like to add? No, that sounds like about the, the sum of me. Yeah. Okay, uh, so maybe could you um, tell us a bit more about what you're currently working on? Okay. Uh, well, I guess for about 20 years I've been an academic and throughout that time I've been doing research on how people communicate and interact and how that's mediated by digital technologies has been a key theme. And I'm particularly interested in the ways that people communicate not using talk, and that's been something that's been a feature of the way that I've done research. So trying to understand all the different forms that people use to communicate with. Um, the different what I would call modes of communication and at the moment I'm really focusing in on what for me is a bit like the final frontier something I really don't understand which is touch and trying to explore the ways in which touch is being reshaped through digital technologies and the ways that's gonna I think that's going to come into the ways we communicate with one another so I've done quite a lot of work looking at how people use the vis visual forms of communication to communicate, um, how technologies change the way the visual comes into our, our communicational landscape. Also looking at gaze, gesture, body movement, and all of those things that language is so kind of nestled within. Mm. And now I think that technologies are with the kind of move to digital sensory <coughs> communication so this kind of move to the digital sensory technologies is bringing touch newly into our landscape I think so that's brought me to look at touch yeah yeah so like looking at your background basically so you're basically so you're you're a social scientist mm -hmm. Um, that have has worked on multimodal multimodality research. Can you can you explain a bit more as well what multimodality is? And you already tapped into like language, mm. but it's much more than language. Mm. So maybe and yeah. how then it brings you to touch as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose I started. I, maybe it's important to say that my first degree is in fine art. So oh, yeah. I started off, I suppose, looking at the ways we communicate or express ourselves visually and, and expressing myself visually. And then uh, I came to look and explore how people communicate in, in that context and how arts, the arts could be used to help people communicate about different th difficult subjects, taboo subjects. And then through my work, I ended up doing some work where I was exploring the ways people talk about sexual health um, and I was working in a evaluating a clinic for young men a sexual health clinic for young men and they had a lot of uh, leaflets and posters that had been designed for them and for the clinic and just generally targeted at, at young men and they didn't really like using them. In fact, they refused to use them. They, the people who worked in the clinic said mm -hmm. they didn't like them, but they couldn't really explain why they didn't. And uh, But they just felt they didn't represent them and they were very negative, the kind of imagery of men in them. And so I started doing, at the time I was doing a master's in social research theory and methods, 
alongside being a freelance researcher in a more applied, social applied context around health and sexual health. And so I started, that's when I first came across multimodalities. I started to analyse the visual discourses in the leaflets and mm -hmm. the written linguistic language-based discourses in the leaflets and came to understand through that process of analysing them separately that they had very distinct and different discourses going in mm. around so the writing was very positive about men very much about kind of sharing responsibility for sexual health but the images were very negative about men they were very presenting men as irresponsible presenting women as like the guardians of like sexual morality and uh, sexual restraint if you like or constraint and they were also some of the imageries were very kind of uh, racist in their kind of representation of young black men as predatory, uh, sexually irresponsible. Um, so through doing that analysis and by taking the discourses of the images as seriously as the dis written discourses, I was able to understand and articulate for the young men or with the young men why it was that these images these leaflets weren't acceptable for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, that kind of brought me to the work of Gunter Kress and Theo van Leeuwen, who started um, work, the work around multimodality in a social science context. Yeah, yeah. So there now you be, yeah, you basically look into the different as like the whole picture really yeah. about communication or education or really the visual kind of language kind of the non-spoken words around... Yeah, like, I wouldn't really call it a language, I'd call yeah, it... Yeah. Because that's kind of suggesting that language still, the structures of language kind mm -hmm. of make sense for all these other modes of communication. Mm -hmm. So I'd call them modes. And for me, a mode of communication is... So language is a... Or, or speech and writing, which I would separate because mm -hmm. they have different kind of affordances. Then I would say a mode, like... Um, gesture or gaze they're a set of resources that have principles and rules around how they're used and we can kind of break them mm -hmm. so they have a kind of grammar if you like um and so what my work is all around trying to understand the resources and the principles and rules that people use to communicate across gesture, gaze, all of these kinds mm -hmm. of things. And I guess now what I'm asking myself through this project is, is touch a mode of communication? Is it a sense? Like, what is it? How mm -hmm. can we kind of understand what touch is? Mm -hmm. And how's it being pulled, if you like, from a sensory context into a communicative context through through technology? Mm -hmm. When is it communicative? Yeah, what yeah. does that look like? Uh, so what... I mean, with the new, um, working in VR myself, and mm. I mean, with the new technologies already here, still developing and coming, how do you see, like, touch already, like, going from how it has evolved, let's say, in the last 10 years, with the tablets and, and, and I guess, smartphones and screens coming, to what it will become uh, in the future, mm. really? Will we still use touch, for example, or, yeah? Well, I can't. I don't know the answer. Yeah, sure, sure. And I yeah, don't yeah, think yeah, anyone absolutely. really knows. Yeah, yeah. So, but for me, I'm just interested. I'm interested in now what touch is, how touch mm. is talked about, and mm -hmm. what it is now. I do think that will change. Um, so, I suppose I see it as a kind of continuum of touch as we understand it now in our very, in very mundane ways in our everyday life. Mm -hmm. So. I mean, touch is very limited with the phone. It's just like this kind of vibration, touch is vibration, yeah. really. Mm. But there is all sorts of kind of everyday handling of phones as well and the kind of ways in the way that we wear our phones. We always often have them in our pockets and they're kind of relationship to our bodies. So there's a very kind of mundane end of like iPads and uh, touch bars and, and uh, phones through to then I suppose um, tangible technologies and physical computing, then virtual reality and uh, augmented reality and how touch is kind of coming into that space, which again is very limited I mm -hmm. think at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, then 
areas around uh, um, different kinds of haptic technologies and, and different kinds of tactile feedback through to the tactile internet and the, what's now being called like the internet of skin. So those kind of different ways in which touch is being, I suppose, at least engaged with in that through those different technologies. And the fact that that all of the technologies that are around at the moment are trying to engage with some notion of a sensation of touch mm. and some kind of notion of tactile feedback um, does place touch very much at the heart of technologies in a way that I think maybe 20 years ago the visual is really at the heart of technology mm -hmm. so if you think about how visual technologies you know from old like so things like just glasses mm -hmm. and and uh, telescopes and binoculars and through to now like MRI scans and different visualizations of our bodies and the world mm -hmm. and therefore different kinds of visual knowledge and different kinds of visual practices that's a kind of technological a kind of yeah technological trajectory of the visual and that's come into how we communicate around I mean the use of um, YouTube uh, WhatsApp Snapchat, Snapchat guess, yeah, yeah Instagram so mm -hmm. the visuals really to the fore so it kind of feels like we're at a beginning of some kind of emergence of what the tactile trajectory of, mm -hmm. of um, is going to be around technology and that may end up leading to nowhere mm -hmm. or it may end up leading to somewhere some very different capacities around touch as well mm -hmm. as they do around the visual so the question of how to create a, a visual spectacle spectacle has been a question that I think has more or less been addressed mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. question of whether or not and how to do that in relation to our tactile sensations is is still an ongoing one i think yeah 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 i guess because it's so it's like as well like vision as well obviously it's a sense but touch as well it's so personal it's and it's so difficult to basically um replicate mm -hmm. into something using do like doing it properly using technology i mean there's some amazing things that, that i've tried already mm -hmm. haptic wise but still to have that sensation that you would have by touching, I guess, another human in the same way. Um, yeah, it's still some, some way to go. But then I suppose the question is, can you, is the role of technology to mimic what mm. we experience mm -hmm. in the inverted commas real world or physical face-to-face -face world? Or um, can technology do something very different and mm -hmm. reconfigure what touch means to us? So in a way, you know, like technologies have reconfigured what friend means. Mm -hmm. They've, you know, like they've reconfigured how we connect with friends and how we socialise as groups and what that kind of uh, means. But um, so the question in a way is, can they do that around mm -hmm. touch as well? Mm -hmm. Is that something that will, will happen? And I mean, like when you... When you um, look into the the in touch projects when you uh, go back to the sensors for example you you mm -hmm. mentioned it already like the wearables mm -hmm. and the the um, going away from like the tablet screens and so on but using physical objects to replicate touch with a human or someone else that is basically on the other side of the world i think it's very it's amazing to be able to do that uh, but how like can you explain a bit like the current state of that and how it will be usable going forward or will it be usable or is it more just like a trial thing that people will um well i don't i can't in terms of like the current state of the world in relation to touch i would say it's just very emergent mm -hmm. and lot in going in lots of different kinds of directions mm -hmm. But I mean, anyone that can get away from vibration would be that yeah. would be like one kind yeah. of good move. <laughs> um, I think what we're interested in in the project is we're not really interested in um, kind of predicting where it should go. We're more interested in 
in understanding designers, computer scientists and engineers' imaginations of touch mm -hmm. and how they think about it and what mm -hmm. they're trying to do. And then through that, trying to understand the social implications of those of those those realities if they come to be so questions around kind of privacy and authenticity of touch mm -hmm. ownership of touch mm -hmm. what it might mean if you could record touch for example if you could record a body message rather mm -hmm. than like a voice message mm -hmm. what would that mean like how could it be sent where would it be stored who would own it would it be the person who sent it would it be the person who received it mm -hmm. what kind of you know issues would that throw up for people and what kind of you know this in terms of the visual technologies that we all use to communicate there's various uh, norms of use that develop around them that are anchored in our non-digital worlds as well mm -hmm. or the the ways that people communicate in face-to-face -face ways but also do things differently so what kind of norms and um expectations of say response time would there be around around touch done re uh, touch communication that's remotely configured mm -hmm. you know those are the kinds of questions we're interested in but also questions about like how would we how how would we regulate touch mm -hmm. if it were to be able to happen over mm -hmm. the internet mm -hmm. so you said touch is is more um intimate in a way than of visual communication mm -hmm. or more immediate and direct perhaps or mm -hmm. more intrusive so does that mean we'd need to regulate it in different kinds of ways as well like um, how would we understand the experience of being touched remotely if we're interacting with a body or a person that we can't actually see mm -hmm. so I think those yeah yeah, yeah I think that, I mean GDPR today is not sufficient for those type of things. No. <laughs> it will become very complex. Yeah. And also when you mention gays, for example, and I mean and, and and then extending it to a lot measuring lots of other kind of sensory input from your body, but mm -hmm. it is very hard I mean, to regulate at this point I think and mm. but it is very um, it identifies a person basically completely like you can get so much data from uh, gaze and sensory inputs and and touch is, is for me it's much more intrusive than let's say you have a visual mm -hmm. message and also like when you receive a touch mes message from someone across the world are you sure it's the other person mm -hmm. or is it someone else that basically I think those type of mm -hmm. yeah security yeah, so, issues yeah. I think yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but also like how yeah. do you like people find ways to make what are very bland visual technologies mm. personal and customizable mm. and ways of like authenticate making them authentic for themselves so mm. how will people make what will be bland universal touch technologies how will they make them personal mm. or meaningful mm. for their relationships becomes a, a question as well i think yeah yeah, yeah. and i mean in terms of of like the the um, workshop that we did together as well mm -hmm. around emoticons yeah um which was very fascinating because indeed yeah now we send emoticons via whatsapp or mm -hmm. other type of thing just using the the like i guess the figures that exist the emoticons that exist but being able to do that in a different way using for example touch or um can you explain a bit more about that, that project mm -hmm. as well okay yeah yeah so the tactile emoticon project is it's a small social science plus collaboration award from university college london mm. and it's me working as a social scientist with a colleague uh, katarina fotopulu who's a neuroscientist at ucl and nadia Bertus, who's a computer scientist at ucl and my colleague sarah price who works within human computer interaction with a more psychological uh, approach so the four of us are working together to explore what effective supportive touch could be i suppose realized digitally and it's a very exploratory project so we are kind of isolating types of touch around um kind of positive 
support, which Katerina is a neuroscientist, has kind of got some sense of what effective support is in a in a physical touching uh, environment. And we're looking at both friends and uh, couples, like in, intimate romantic relationships and friendships. Um, with the idea being, what would it be like if you could, instead of just sending someone a visual kind of thumbs up or smiley face, you could send them a little kind of stroke. So we're working with uh, a computer scientist, uh, HCI interaction designer, who's building a little prototype. And the idea being that we explore how you could send that touch at the moment where thinking about uh, using um, air, basically, as a, mm -hmm. and, and kind of um, some kind of, working with lots of little kind of air pump motors mm -hmm. to send different sensations on the hand. But, but it, we're trying to do it so that it could be a loop so that, say, I, say person, person A kind of says to person B somehow or other, you know, I need a little bit of support, I'm a bit sad or something, then they can send them some kind of touch response to that. Mm -hmm. We're trying to leave it kind of open so that people can develop their own ways of articulating meaning through okay. touch. Yeah. And that then that person would receive that touch and then send something back. So it's a kind of, uh, so it's not just a, like send an emoticon, a tactile emoticon. It's more of a send some touch experience that feels supportive and then the person receives it and maybe they can manipulate it. So we're talking about like, could you kind of amplify that feeling mm -hmm. or turn that feeling down? So in making the prototype, I suppose we're exploring things like, how do you know when someone can receive a touch? Like, do they need to be able to uh, let you know that, they're available to receive a touch or can it be recorded and stored and played back later or can it be kind of kept and played over and over again mm -hmm. so what are the kind of possibilities for sending and receiving touch and what are the possibilities for kind of manipulating that touch as well do you only have to have the touch that you can receive yeah that the person sends or could you say or actually, if you really wanted to be supportive, you would do that over and over again, or you would make that touch bigger, or you'd make it smaller, or there's some types of touch you just want to block. Yeah, so we're playing around in a way okay. with the social questions through building this prototype. Yeah. Okay. Oh, very, very fascinating, <laughs> especially also the personalization mm. way of like letting the option to. Mm to let people play around with the touch themselves as well. Mm. It's not like a fixed thing, like emoticons are today in a way. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I suppose yeah, that's yeah. something when we did the workshop that um, that that we were both yeah. doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. someone was talking about how she doesn't use emoticons like the Silicon Valley ones we have all have on our phones mm. or that we can download off the internet, but that she takes photographs of her own face with different... Uh, <laughs> gestures and that her family and friends kind of know yeah. what they mean mm -hmm. um, so she's built up a, a, a whole kind of photographic uh, personalised archive of, of emoticons mm. and I guess they're more open in a way as well like, yeah. and, and so we, we were kind of thinking about that when we were trying to think about manipulating um, touch but also thinking about how how partners are often very different so that somebody might ask their partner for support and they might give them a touch and they might think oh is that it you know is that yeah. <laughs> I wanted a bigger response than that <laughs> so and that in uh, we were thinking about it as a kind of empathy loop if you like that you might kind of the, this little tactile emoticon might be a way of saying to the person, the friend or partner who's sending you some support, mm -hmm. actually I need more support or um, oh that's not the kind of support that I need right now. So you might kind of have a kind of almost, yeah, like a empathy loop we're talking about. Okay. As, yeah. Okay. 
everybody needs a hug once in yeah. a while <laughs> as well so yeah. Yeah. human touch is still very important yeah. Uh, yeah whether it's via certain other type of ways as well but still you're kind of yeah. having that interaction yeah. and it's not wouldn't be replacing that interaction it's just no. that, that interaction's mm. not always it's not always possible in our kind of very global mm-hmm. you know busy world so it's about kind of understanding how touch kind of comes into that landscape mm-hmm. in different ways mm-hmm. yeah yes yeah, so, i mean it's not related to touch but it was something interesting that i saw in a de- design agency and basically they had so they have an office in north america and they have an office here and so they had this um these cones in their offices and the cones were basically uh, linked to the office in new york city and so when basically the people in new york city would wake up and so five hours earlier than us uh, and start to come into the office basically they would have there were different lights that would go on so when people in london would pass by they would see ah a colleague in new york city is uh, passing by or they they're coming in or like yeah uh, but it was a feeling a sense of connection with the people in new york city even though so yeah because they don't see each other every day or um yeah it's very mm. interesting to see that as well in an office environment mm. that's lovely actually yeah it's really yeah nice idea yeah 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 because often yeah it can be like yeah people just move around the world and mm. can feel a bit disconnected i guess if you just mm. yeah, text or email yeah. yeah making them present there um so yeah very fascinating um maybe can we just go into mm. like you still a bit yeah. is is the sense of why so I, I guess where where you got to today you you tapped into it a bit earlier you studied fine arts mm. and but did you did you how did you end up like going into being interested in touch in the first mm. place and getting then into the academic world rather mm. than for example pursuing i don't know um some kind of art career mm. as well yeah yeah uh Well, I suppose I got in, interested in touch because I've been exploring communication and it just kind of mm. started to emerge through a few of the projects that mm-hmm. we were doing, particularly when we, the last project, one of the recent projects I did was called MIDAS, which was Methodological Innovation in Digital Arts and Social Sciences. Okay. And we were exploring how arts-based methods could come into social science and social science could come into arts-based methods and what kind of opportunities there were for kind of crossing those boundaries i suppose methodologically and we were um doing that work in different sites and one of them was um digital fashion another was digital information experience design Mm -hmm. Another was digital performance, and in those three artistic spaces, touch and making, because a lot of people are making mm-hmm. stuff either mm-hmm. of their own bodies or um, their interaction with different kinds of materials and digital technologies. So touch became really kind of foregrounded through that project, and the materiality of the digital became really foregrounded and that started me thinking about touch mm. and I was also doing a project with Sarah Price called um, the uh, Digital Museum and we were exploring how visitors interacted in different museum galleries and touch became key in one of those particular um, gallery contexts and so I suppose it's a combination of different things mm-hmm starting me thinking about touch and starting to I suppose theoretically it was interesting for me because I wasn't sure if I could talk about touch as a mode of communication or a sense mm-hmm. or a kind of affect and so that started me thinking about how do how do sensory resources get shaped into m- communicative modes so like you said the visual is is a is a sense or sight is a mm. sense but it gets shaped into lots of different things like kind of photography as a with all its kind of resources and modes and mm-hmm. rules and principles um or you know so so I just start to think well how what t- what's touch getting shaped into communicatively mm-hmm. so that's that's how I came to the touch 
but as you said like a long kind of history before that the reason I suppose I didn't stay in the arts is well I, I suppose just I wasn't so keen on the world of, of arts mm -hmm. is a very particular kind of space um, and I got through by the time I finished doing fine art I'd moved from doing printmaking through to doing um, installations and making films and so I got really interested in writing as well so mm. I was kind of writing quite a lot of scripts or or, or track or audio kind of tracks mm -hmm. for for films and and just got quite interested in that and then I suppose I got more interested in how people communicate mm. and I just followed that mm. and uh, and so the art practices were always interesting and useful resources for me but they weren't really the the means the point at the end of the day yeah, yeah 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 I mean you yeah. still kind of have it throughout in a way your work as well like the exhibition you had mm -hmm. uh, last two weeks ago yeah yeah which was basically bringing together art and technology yeah. in a yeah. way in terms of yeah or like yeah. very creative projects and I like yeah well I suppose it's really I'm interesting interest, yeah, yeah I'm interested in mm -hmm. how artists articulate what technology is and some one the artists that we're working with who are uh, artist interactive studio called invisible flock mm. and they see artists as interpreters of technology and i think that's quite interesting they're not trying to make things work they're trying to interpret the meaning of technologies mm -hmm. in different ways and kind of prevent present them as provocations to think about technology and think about touch so i find that interesting I haven't got an arts practice myself anymore and mm. I don't think I will have I don't really feel the need for it mm -hmm, if you mm -hmm. like as a form of expression and um but yes I'm interested in um, in working with artists as a social as a social scientist I think they kind of have something to offer us as a way of roots into researching especially touch because it's really hard for people to ex to talk about touch to kind of really focus in on touch so I think art, arts or interactive arts give us another route into giving people experiences around touch that perhaps they can use to think about their everyday experiences of touch newly mm -hmm. so I think those provocations are really useful yeah yeah yeah, yeah the clay project for example is very fascinating mm -hmm. to see Two people working together with clay basically mm -hmm. and manipulating clay to actually then see what it brings on the yeah. screen and yeah. technology wise yeah. what they can kind of generate them together working together yeah um, yeah so that artifact in the exhibition the remote contact exhibition mm -hmm. is called motion print mm -hmm. and so yeah you have this table with a with a screen embedded in it and then people are wearing Mayo bands manipulating two bits of really hard putty like therapy putty which is quite hard to mm -hmm. pull apart and then as they're pulling and stretching and working with the putty that's um, the Mayo bands is picking up on the muscle tension in their arms and that and, and their hands and that is uh, not directly mapped but programmed to create a visualization on the screen embedded in the table so the person who's the two people who are manipulating the putty they've got the putty that they're interacting with they've got each other they're interacting with and they've got the the kind of environment of the table mm. as well and so that yeah that was quite an interesting exhibit because some people just found it really annoying they found it really frustrating um, because they couldn't, it's not possible because of the way that the, um, the table's programmed, uh, it's not possible for the two colours to meet and merge mm. on the table. And people were invoking lots of different uh, <laughs> meanings to that. Like I saw about, that, yeah. Yeah, around kind of uh, pollute, you know, like this idea of purity and lack of pollution. Um, and other people found the table really, myself included, like really relaxing and mm. meditative mm -hmm. and had like really gentle conversations about, I don't know, bread making, arts and crafts, childhood memories of playing with clay, lots of different kinds mm. of conversations. 
and one person found it really upsetting she said it, it just felt very lonely because she could be doing whatever she liked with that clay and it wouldn't impact on what I was doing oh, whereas yeah. other people felt very connected yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think it was about where you as a kind of provocation around touch I mean what it's really shown is the effort mm -hmm. the muscular effort of touch mm -hmm. um, and the communicative potential of doing something together mm -hmm. and so but it's also I suppose different people came to it very differently with mm -hmm. their different experiences and it became a very emotional piece which I was quite surprised mm -hmm. at. yeah I think it, it was I was more in your group as well like uh, your way of thinking I thought it was very um, interesting you're just very relaxing in a way playing with the clay and seeing kind of how the colors would kind of start evolving towards each other but never kind of touch but still you would be interacting with the other person and uh, yeah it's very fascinating I mean yeah just like if you look at at games for example I know many people who play like multiplayer games and they would be playing it with they would never they wouldn't really be interested in individual games but because it's like this multiplayer experience you actually they might be in the other side of the world and they're communicating and working together to achieve a goal and that's kind of why they would end up every day on that same hour to work together to finish this challenge and uh, I think if you can do that with touch as well uh, like keep that sense of working togetherness or kind of connection I think that's really mm -hmm. important well, it's or, important for yeah. a lot of work now isn't mm. it so I suppose yeah, a yeah. lot of if we think about work and where touch comes into work so I suppose like your example of the lights going on in the New York and the London based studio there's a lot of work going across like different, you know, following the sun around the globe, basically mm -hmm. to kind of enhance or, or generate different kinds of productivity. But there's also lots of shared work that's be being done through kind of robotics, through uh, remote surgery that's enabled through digital technologies. And so I suppose it's thinking about how does, how does touch come into those different kinds of practices mm -hmm and how might you share manipulating an object over space. So there's mm. quite a lot of different technologies that enable that manipulation now. But what does it mean for what touch is and how can jointly working on a physical object kind of be sustained, if you like, mm -hmm. over over a different uh, time and space? That's quite an interesting question mm -hmm. for, for work and touch and technology. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Mm. I think, yeah, it just, it's very exciting kind mm. of looking in the space and seeing what will emerge also in mm. the future and kind of what will be integrated in, in daily work. And, yeah. Um, okay, very interesting. Um, you you touched up in it, upon it a bit earlier as well. I mean, because obviously you've, you've worked as a social scientist in education, communication, technology, and I was wondering how you also, with your work in... Uh, sexual health for example mm. looking into how communication is done f for men mm. within that specific situation I was also wondering how how you see the future for um, women for example in their professional career in academia and corporate world and how also touch might influence kind of the way women kind of work or people work in general but also how it might influence, in a way, equality more or reduce bias. Or I don't know if you have any ideas around that. Uh, it's I don't really. I mean, I, in terms of touch, I think we're, we're interested to see what discourses of gender, mm -hmm. um, both in terms of ideas of femininity and ideas of masculinity yeah. and those kind mm -hmm. of binary oppositions, how they get how the discourses circulate around what touches so you know you can go back to the you know 1970s and think about Goffman's seminal work on on gender and advertisements and think about in that he talks about um, the visual representation of feminine touch so we can in this project think about how in the 21st century uh, notions of gender still being um, articulated through ideas mm. of touch and that's mm. interesting for us but I wouldn't want to essentialize um, 
like ideas of gender through touch i'm more interested mm-hmm. in in the discourses that do that mm-hmm. um i mean it's a question really why 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 does touch i'm not sure it will be but why would touch be gendered mm-hmm. in a in the 21st century in a digital context and i'm sure it it will be just as when we look at research around second life we can see that gaze behavior um body kind of representation and the proximal relationships between uh, avatars of different genders mm. are still gendered mm. in the same way as they are in the non-digital uh, world. The physical world. Yeah, yeah the yeah. physical world. So it's yeah. like, I mean, not for everybody. Obviously, people use, some people use Second Life and, and other online environments to play around with gender and to play around with representation but there is still this kind of recreation of gaze behavior mm. that's very gendered mm. in that in those spaces so there's no reason to think unfortunately that 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 gender and touch is going to be undone through the digital mm. but i think what we can do is inquire why it isn't and inquire kind of what what kinds of qualities are considered to be feminine or masculine or other in in that kind of uh, landscape of digital touch communication yeah 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 no that i that i think that's really uh, well interesting to to hear as well but also to see how that will evolve mm. in the future and hopefully um mm. i mean there won't be more inequality mm. because of the yeah. way touch is being done or touch is being kind of implemented with kind of bias in mind already mm -hmm. like lots of other types of programs are yeah but i suppose also we have to be realistic and kind of you know the knowledge that nearly everything that happens in technology is driven by the market and that's Mm -hmm. the sex industry and Mm -hmm. and the military yeah yeah. i mean like two very gendered environments um and that you know quite a lot of the work that's been done around um haptic sensation is around uh digital sex toys and also been done a lot around uh um webcam sex and the distribution of uh the the use of dildos basically in that environment Mm so um yeah, so this idea of who owns touch and whose touch matters and who gets touched and who does the touching, they're all very complex yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. questions that are very gendered and, and very, not just gendered, but racialized and, and in terms of like socioeconomic kind of questions around the industry of mm-hmm. both the military and, yeah. and the sex industry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, like a new new media like virtual reality or like any emerging new technology there's no rules really Uh, at this point really there may be some guidelines of good conduct Mm -hmm. but it's not it's like still very vague so people can still do whatever they want and Mm -hmm. i was at this um law conference um it was a gaming conference but for lawyers or legal people and uh they were showing this shooting game um 3D shooting game and it was obviously with lots of bias inside against women against different race and mm. and still it was basically and very extremely violent but it was out in the market it was not really seen as problematic while while I, I don't know lots of in other kind of areas this would not be acceptable mm. but here because there's so much money I guess mm. or specific industry pushing things forward it is not really there's not really those type of rules of good conduct or mm. conduct or this is not really allowed um i guess censorship is always very difficult mm. in a lot of areas um but yeah so it will yeah. be interesting to see how that evolves yeah. yeah i suppose it's it's for me it's about part of the aim of the project i suppose is to have some of these conversations about the the kind of ethics and responsibilities and possibilities of what touch can be mm. in terms of digital touch communication and and through that conversation to hopefully inform something of that debate 
whilst understanding that academic and socially driven research is always or often kind of in a conflictual or problematic conversation with market driven mm-hmm. uh, development of technologies. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. Very interesting. Um, I, I can't wait to see more uh, <laughs> of your research. So uh, let's go into the quick fire yeah. quiz then. Uh, so what are you currently reading? Okay, so I am making an effort to read more fiction mm-hmm. because I have to read a lot for work and so it's kind of stopped me reading and uh, so I'm trying to reclaim reading as a, as a relaxation rather than work. And so I recently went to the um, Radical Book Fair and I bought uh, a, a pile of books from... Um, from that from that place and what I'm reading now is called Vertigo by Joanna Walsh and it's uh, it kind of is in between a set of short stories and a novel so it's short stories because I actually would have time to read them mm-hmm. then uh, but they're all around the same character who's um, I guess a woman trying to make her way through this very kind of emotionally complicated world of being a parent and yeah, it's, in, it's an experimental novel. It's beautifully written. It's really yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I should. Uh, I want to read more fiction as well because yeah. I, <laughs> I read so much nonfiction. Yeah. Um, yeah. Usually audiobooks because that's kind of the way yeah. I read nowadays as yeah. well. Um, so yeah, that sounds really great. Yeah. Um, your favorite scientific or te- technological invention, and why? It can be anything, but something mm-hmm. or something that you can't live without. Okay. Yeah. Well, actually, my favorite invention is something I don't have anymore, and it's really old, and it's um, uh, what are they called? Like a those things, a pager. A pager, yeah. Yeah. So I, I really prefer a pager to a phone. Okay. Yeah, and I liked it because it was um really, uh, it was really small. And it didn't, it wasn't very intrusive and it wasn't a kind of everyday thing. You just Mm -hmm. used it in a kind of emergency. So you always knew someone could contact you. But, and it was, I just loved, it had a little screen. I loved the way that the text would just come on and move across it. Yeah. I just liked that. I don't know why. Yeah. It reminded me of lots, like the idea of getting a telegram or something like that. So I kind of would quite like it if my phone, if my text came in like that. Yeah, yeah, I like the kind of motion of it. Yeah. Do they they still use it in hospitals, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Probably um, an album or a song that impacted you in some way, and and how did it impact you? Uh, well, um, or an artist, yeah. I don't know. Um, an album. Well, I suppose like all the kind of I was a kind of classic mm. um listening to David Bowie um and loads of uh music like that but I suppose I, I suppose the band that I like liked most and had a big impact on me was Suede oh yeah so I used to love listening to Suede partly because they wrote about um relationships in a way that I felt I understood them and and also because they wrote about class in a way they mm. kind of sang songs about kind of not in a kind of in in a very ironic way about kind of class difference and I d- in the UK and I yeah. just found that quite kind of meaningful so like me. politically driven in a way yeah uh, yeah as well yeah. okay yeah. well look it up I'll, I'll add it to the show notes as well um and then finally recommendation mm-hmm. uh of work by a female scientist or woman in tech and why her mm-hmm. um Someone that kind of, yeah, you came across recently. Might be a student as well in in terms of their work that they're doing at this Mm. point. In terms of touch, the person whose work I've found really interesting is the work of the uh, anthropology of the senses. Okay. Um, There's a woman working in that area called Constant Classen. Okay. She's based at Concordia and she's written about the histories of touch. So very much understanding the 
the um, ways in which touch has come in and out of the communicational landscape from 15th century Europe through to kind of present day. And uh, I think that kind of, for me, that's been inspiring because she's placed touch very much in the social milieu and, and trying to understand what the landscape the social landscape mm-hmm. that touch sits within and that's been really useful for me to think about in relation to technology like technology is just part of our social landscape i mean it creates the social landscape mm-hmm. but it also is a part of it and trying to understand the broader landscape that digital touch technologies sit in is really important i think for asking the kinds of right social questions for now mm-hmm. So constant classing has been very okay. useful for me in that sense. Okay, very interesting. Do you have any final comments to the audience or like a challenge to give to them to do uh, before we end? Could be something related to touch mm. or... Yeah. yeah. I suppose one of the things that's interesting for me about this project is thinking about touch and researching touch has made me very aware of all the things that I that I do mm-hmm. touch mm-hmm. and when and where I touch people and objects and so I think it's useful for each of us to maybe just spend a day thinking about like what it is that we touch and when and where we do and don't touch people or mm-hmm. objects and the spaces we're in um So based in London, getting on the tube is mm-hmm. is a space where people work very hard not to touch each other when it's really, <laughs> really cramped. And also where you can see quite a lot of arguments about somebody uh, feeling that someone is in their space too mm-hmm. much and may have like touched their bag or, or just their armrest. So it's a kind of those, those spaces that we're in where touch becomes very uh, key are also interesting to try and identify so I'd challenge or invite people to think about their day in 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 the context of touch so yeah touch in the context of your day or day in, in the, the context, context of, of touch. touch very cool very cool all right so um, I guess how could people get in touch or yeah. I'll, I'll add your website yeah. to um to the show notes both mm-hmm. for in touch and kind of the general UCL website yeah. but what is the best way to get in touch with you yeah the best way for people to get in touch with me is to uh, follow us on twitter and uh, um, and see what to see what we're doing and the kinds of activities we've got coming up and to uh, explore our project website yeah okay very good All right, Carrie, thank you so much. This was an amazing conversation and best of luck with the research and I look forward to having many more chats uh, in the future as well. Yeah, me too. So thank you so much and uh, bye everyone. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.